This podcast is brought to you by Kingdom at Work. Every leader needs an intentional plan to see transformation take place in their organization. The Kingdom Leadership Workshop exists to help you build that plan. Learn more at www.kingdomatwork.com slash events. Kingdomatwork.com slash events. As we broadcast you from Rancho Mirage, California. Wow, we're having a great time here this week, aren't we, Martha? We really are. We've met some amazing people and being able to highlight them and share them with our listeners has been unbelievable because that's what makes the world seem so much smaller when we can hear what's going on in other parts of the world. And we're, we're even going across the north border today. That's right. We're going <laughs> international today. This broadcast has been made possible through a collaboration with FCCI and Convene. Check them out online, FCCI.org and ConveneNow.com. We're on location at the 2018 International Summit, a gathering of Christ followers who desire to live out their faith in their work while pursuing excellence. Here in the second half of the show, we're talking with singer, songwriter, performance musician, orchestra leader, just un- God lover. That's right, God mm-hmm. lover, Steve Bell, and he's from Canada. Hey, Steve am. Bell, welcome <laughs> to I Work for Him. <laughs> He can't say Canada without saying A. We have rules, say the a we have rules a. on I Work For Him. If you're going to say Canada, you have to say A. That's you know, I'm, and I keep forgetting. I'm unaware of it. But whenever I'm doing concerts in the States and I'm in the middle of a concert and all of a sudden the, the, the audience is giggling. Uh, and I'm thinking, I'm not that funny. And it's always, it's the A thing. A. Yeah. They just thrown it out they, there. They just love it. it. it Having grown up in Minnesota, it really doesn't, I just, you know, it just makes me feel like I'm at home. Yeah. That's right. But it mm-hmm. is fun to make fun of Canadians because we always did. <laughs> you know, I don't, and I, still do. Obviously. Just, obviously <laughs> we do. Yeah. And what I love the fact, we had breakfast a couple of days ago and I loved some of the stories you shared, but I really just, let's just go back to the basics, hey, Jim, Steve Bell. We have breakfast every day. We just had breakfast with Steve, Steve. a couple of days ago. Right. That's right. And the best part was, none of us had to pay. That's true. That was, that was lovely. We were treated. Thank you Lovely very is much. a nice way to say it. Steve Bell, uh, uh, first of all, tell me the website where people can find out more about you and your ministry. Simple. SteveBell.com. That is fairly simple. Wow, that is Bell. creative. Isn't that? Yes. I know. Thank you. Thank yes. you. It, it, that was, it, it took years? took years. Yeah. A lot of people, a lot of thought, a lot of prayer, a lot of tears. <laughs> How did you come to be a Jesus follower, Steve Bell? You know, I was br- uh, brought up in a Christian home. My dad's Baptist minister. Um, my grandparents were missionaries in China. That's where my dad was born. Um, wow. uh, so big, big story, dramatic story. Um, my, my dad is born in Tibet. Um, ten brothers and sisters um, there. Uh, they're with Hudson Taylor's bunch um, mm. over there. So a uh, wonderful story. Um, so I kind of grew up with this, uh, my faith. I, don't, I have no memory of not being a believer. I have no, there's no sort of before and after in that sense. I've always believed mom and dad did. They were trustworthy. I loved them. Why would I not? Um, I had official conversion experience in DVBS when I was nine because someone said that if you hadn't invited Jesus in your heart, he wasn't there, and I panicked. <laughs> so, so I mean, my Sunday school teacher took me downstairs and led me through a prayer, and for me, it was a formality. Um, it was a good formality, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, because we need those markers, right? We need those days where we say, I said this, I committed myself to this, and it's since, since then, I've, it's, it's sort of kept me out of trouble. I love the way you just put that. We need those markers, and we do. I mean, because I got I get the days. I know the day that I was first really understood Jesus, and I know the day that I went all in. Yeah, well, it's like marriage. You know, there was like I loved my wife the day before we got married. Mm-hmm. I didn't love her more the day after, but there was a difference, right? There was all, there was a marker there that said the rest of my life I have said with my mouth wow. <laughs> that I'm committed to her, um, right. and that she's committed to me, and that changed things for us both. 
but the the relationship was happening well before. Yeah. Sure. Right? Yeah. What's your wife's name? Nancy. Nancy. And how long have you and Nancy been married? Thirty six years. Excellent. Yeah. Got kids and grandkids now and Lovely. Isn't it great how we, you know, the grandkids, they're really cool, isn't it? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, that that's worth hanging around for, for sure. <laughs> Talk to us about when did you first realize that God had gifted you as a musician? Oh, I can, Not only with your hands, but your voice as well. I, I, I can tell you exactly when it was. I was six years old, and I sang all the time in church, and people would have me come and sing in different churches. Mm. Um, and I was in this church in northern Alberta. My dad was preaching, and my mom was Northern playing. Alberta. It's like you had to be in the middle of summer because in the middle of winter, you'd never be able to get to northern Alberta. <laughs> <laughs> it was up there. And I remember um, uh, I, was, I was singing, do you know the song, Nearer My God to Thee? Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Just a beautiful old hymn, and I had this little cherub voice, and I was singing that song before my dad preached. Mm. And this woman in the front row had a meltdown. She was just weeping, and and I didn't understand that. And I was saying to my dad afterwards, I said, why was she crying? Was she sad? And he says, no, I don't think so. And he tried to explain to me how the Holy Spirit can sometimes come in on a melody, or on the sound of a voice. And he says, it might have been the words, but it might have been something different. He tried to explain that you really, in a sense, ministry is mystery. Mm-hmm. You know, that we, wow, we put out the gifts. There. We put out the gifts that have been given to us, but how God uses them to enter into another person's soul is kind of God's business. Mm-hmm. But I remember just being perplexed by that and just thinking, I... I, I want to be part of that again. Like it was sort of like I, I want to make people cry. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I just I just realized there was something precious and mysterious and meaningful and powerful that happened to that woman because I just simply sang mm-hmm. and it wasn't effort. I was doing what I love to do. Mm-hmm. So I, even I, at six, you'd love to sing. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 When did you pick up the guitar? Um, a little bit later. My um, m- quick story. My my mother had a massive nervous breakdown when I was about eight years old, mm-hmm. and it just it became the mark of our family: um, anxiety disorder, depression that has come back and and sort of been a part of her struggle. I'm not complaining. I adore my mom. I would choose her out of millions any day, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but it's just our story, right? Sure. Back in 1968, though, the church didn't have a great catcher's mitt for mental illness, and especially if you're a pastor's wife, mm-hmm. it kind of wasn't okay. Right. So there's a lot of alienation, a lot of hurtful things said and done, and Dad ended up leaving that church, and the government built a federal prison um, in our town and asked him if he'd be at the first Protestant chaplain. He took the job. What we didn't expect was a fellowship of broken people that had, this, had, had what it takes to welcome a broken family. Right? Uh-huh. The inmates didn't need my mom to be well. They didn't have that theology. Right? These are broken people. And their whole attitude is, well, come hang out with us losers. We're your people. <laughs> and, and so they welcomed our broken and hurting family and my, my sick mother um, with open arms, loved us, brought us into a kind of a fellowship of brokenness that was really healing. Um, and it was there on Saturday afternoons in that chapel, several of the inmates used to have jam sessions. They'd sit and play guitar. And I kind of wanted to learn how to play. And so when they heard about it, they, they, they went to my dad and said, well, bring him in, leave him with us. We'll teach him stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Hang yeah. out with the prisoners. Yeah. Why yeah. not? And so I did. So every Saturday afternoon, I'd be in um, Drumheller Federal Prison in the chapel for four or five hours, picking and grinning with um, Canada's most unwanted men who launched my ministry. Wow. There you have it. Yeah. You know, you cannot make up stuff like that. No, that happened. That, yeah, yeah, that's, that's and, just history. And God yeah. ordained all yeah. of those steps yep. for your family and for you yep. individually. Yeah. And it was a total surprise. And some of these guys were great pickers. And so if you, you know, I'm known as a guitar player. Um, uh, I have a finger style that's really? kind of unique. <laughs> but it's it really comes from those, it was, it was their investment yeah. 
that made me love the instrument, but also made me hear it in different ways, you know, because had I just sort of grown up in high school, I would have just listened to rock and roll music. I, mm-hmm. But they did this finger style stuff that was just astonishing. And it was, it was Yeah, I noticed when, when I've watched, I, I'm fascinated by musicians mm-hmm. because I have no, none of the skills. And I was fascinated how I thought you had a pick in your hand. And then I watched your fingers and like, no. Yeah, no, no. You're, yeah. you're doing it all with your fingers. Yeah. And, that was fa- and you don't have super long fingernails. I mean, you, you've just got it. You... I've seen people sweep their fingers over the ivories on a piano. Right. You do the exact same thing <laughs> with the guitar, and there's only one other man in the world I've seen play a guitar like that, and that was Phil Keggy. Phil, and he's the best. Yeah. Well, that yeah, you know, <laughs> Jimi Hendrix said that. Yeah, he did. I know. Oh, Phil's Phil's incredible. Phil's Phil's an amazing player. So take us down the road. I mean, you you know you you've now been a musician and and. You've got an incredible voice, and I want to get into that, but how did the Lord lead you? I mean, a lot of times you get into high school, okay, you can play a guitar, you can sing, but how did the Lord lead you into being a professional musician? Well, okay, it's interesting. Um, I didn't, it never occurred to me I would. Um, I didn't think of myself as good enough. I was going to be a high school band teacher because I played the trumpet, and so I was scheduled to go to university and get an education music degree, music education degree, mm. and teach. That's what I was going to do. I got out of high school and I was kind of depressed. I, I, I kind of, I've inherited some of my mom's <laughs> tendencies, and I was having, going through a bit of a depression and just couldn't go to university. I just wasn't in the, you know. So I thought I'll take a year off. I'll just get any kind of job, you know, and. And I'll go to university next year. I got a job working in this miserable music store that nobody liked and went to. Um, but I was approached this one day by a local nightclub band. They said, we need a singer. Would you sing for us? Well, I'm thinking, well, I'm a Baptist. And, you know, I'm a Christian, and we're not supposed to drink or smoke or chew or hang out with those who do. Um, <laughs> oh, gosh. We've all heard that before. <laughs> but in Minnesota, they said, or date girls that do. Or date, girls that <laughs> do. Or date the girls that but do. But I just wanted to play. I just wanted to see. So I, I started playing in this nightclub band. Well, that was the next 10 years of my life, playing clubs across Canada. And um, I was in all kinds of different bands, jazz bands, country bands, pop bands, dance bands, uh, original music bands. I just did it all. Mm-hmm. Um, worked with amazing musicians. I was on stage every night. This was back in the days when you, you were, it was like Monday to Saturday and Sunday yeah. you moved gear. Yeah. That was your whole life. Wow. Um, just year in, year out. So I got my 10,000 hours in. In in hostile environment, <laughs> and I don't mean hostile in the sense. I mean most people that go to clubs. I mean they're most most people are fine people. We played some rough spots, and there's lots of stories there too. And some of some of the lifestyle um, had an effect on me, and I could feel that happening. Mm-hmm. And I kind of knew that I couldn't do this long term. Um, and um, and I was still quite alienated from the church. I didn't really know, having really brought up in a in a in a prison environment. There was a there's a kind of an earthy honesty in a prison that you don't really see in the church yeah. outside. Ooh, what do you mean? <laughs> and so what I found as an adult is I didn't fit. I'd go into all these tidy places, people with tidy lives and tidy services and tidy music. And I just, I wasn't being judgmental. It just wasn't, I, it was unfamiliar. Sure. I, and it didn't feel like my story. So I didn't feel I'll ever fit in here. Mm-hmm. So when I did go to church, I'd sit in the back row, I'd come late and I'd leave early. Um, and it just, that's kind of all I had sort of could do. What happened was, got married, started having kids, playing six nights a week, making no money, was starting to wear a little thin. That's rough. <laughs> you know, um, and then one night, about 10 years later, it was in the middle of the night, um, I hope I'm not going to cry here, um, I was woken up and, and, and God spoke to me, and this is not a regular occurrence in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't come from a charismatic sort of upbringing or anything like that. But I believe the Holy Spirit can speak to just about oh anybody who's a Christ follower. Oh my goodness, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm kind of thinking that. And the voice just said, this time your life is over, I have something else for you to do. Mm. Um, and uh, I thought I was 
quitting music. Uh, and I hung up my guitars. My wife went back to work teaching because I had no employable skills. Um, so I stayed home with the kids. Had the best worst year of my life. I was depressed. I felt like I was I'm 30 years old. I've got nothing to offer. It's, it's too late to go back to school. Um, how am I ever going to provide for my family? What an idiot. You know, all this is kind of going through my mind. Mm. And one morning I woke up and... Um, and We're going to pick up. When you woke uh, up... That morning, we're going to hear the rest of that story after we come back from the break. We're talking with Steve <laughs> Bell. I highly encourage you to check out Steve Bell online, stevebell.com. And once you've checked him out online, you are going to want one of his CDs. We're going to give away a couple on the air today, 866-713-9675. We're not going to have him sing because I don't have that kind of equipment. <laughs> but when you hear him online, you're going to go, wow, that is incredible. SteveBell.com. Steve Bell, go, he, God woke you up in the middle of the night. God woke me up in the middle of the night with this, with this uh, you know, I have something else for you to do. This time your life is over. Um, I, I, it felt very clear from God. And so I left, I quit the band I was in. Thought I was hanging out my guitars. That um, You never told, I'm going to stop that for a second. You, did you meet your wife in a nightclub? Because that's all you were. Um, no, but she was actually, my wife was, I, I played in a band, and the leader of the band, a guy named Brent Barkman, and his girlfriend was Nancy, who is now my wife. Oh. <laughs> There's a whole story there, too. <laughs> was she a Christ follower when you, yeah. when you married? Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And I was, too. I just, I just was, I was sort of dislodged. Sure. You know, just didn't really know where I fit or how to fit more than anything. Oh, no, Nancy's a rock. Nancy, my wife, is an absolute rock. There's just no question. I, I couldn't have so had you this you sold career. the band leader's girlfriend. I did. How'd that work for you? Well, in the end, it worked out just fine. Oh, no, it worked out there, for, there, there's, there's, there's a bit of tension there for a while. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. so back to the middle of the night. I'm sorry. So I get this the message from God saying, you know, there's something else for you to do. I hung up my guitars. My wife went back to work full time. Um, I, you know, unemployable. I have no skills, no training, very depressed. Um, and this one particular day, I was just about as low as I could get. And I realized I needed some help. And, um, and I remember this old Baptist trick that when you're down, you should be able to say a prayer, open up your Bible randomly, point, and God will speak to you from there, right? Now, I've tried this many times in my life, and I always get Leviticus or something. So. <laughs> but I was desperate, and I thought, this, you know, please, you know, Lord, you, you, I, I need something. And um, I randomly opened my Bible, and the pointed, and the words were, comfort my people. Isaiah 40. I have I've held the you know the earth into my hands. I know the stars by name. I know you, Steve Bell. Um, comfort my people. Um, and this was this came with tears and all kinds of emotion. And that night, I'm sitting around in my living room with my guitar in my hand, and this my hand starts playing this little guitar riff I really really liked. And I was looking for what about, what should I sing about, and I went back to that text in Isaiah 40, and I wrote the song called "Comfort My People." which became the title track of my first album. And it was a prayer um, asking God for meaning and for direction. The song itself was a prayer, but I didn't know that the song itself was the answer to the prayer at the same time. Hmm. Sure, because it immediately ministered to your soul, didn't it? Yeah, but then I wrote a song that ended up starting a whole album project that became my my ministry. And that became how many albums today? Twenty. 20 albums. Yeah. Okay. Right. So th- what was wonderful, and I think, I think what's up about my music, I don't write about prayer or about my faith. It is my prayer. It right. is my faith. Um, and I have found that in doing it in that sort of way, I'm not really creating little Christian um, um, widgets. 
um, for people. Um, you know what I mean? It's just, it, it is the, actually how I express my faith and, and my spirituality. Uh, it's how I pray. I'm not one for sort of sitting down and saying a bunch of words. Uh, music to me, I, I don't know, like words themselves are wonderful. I mean, God created everything we know by them, right? But music is language too. It's language of the heart. And it can say things that the words sometimes come up short on. Mm-hmm. Right, and sometimes you know a, a, a song can have just the worst, stupidest lyrics, but the melody will bring you to tears. Absolutely, because music is language, and music can lie and it can tell the truth. Right, mm-hmm. but when the truth of music is put together with the truth of words, a third thing happens, and people really become almost well, tremendously vulnerable to the spirit. Mm. You know, when you have led music, these uh, led the worship time, the music worship time uh, lasts several days. What I'm amazed at is one of the things. What I love most of the song, uh, most of the scripture I have memorized, I've memorized to music. Mm-hmm. Guys like Leon Patillo, when he mm-hmm. left, uh, um, he was in Santana, became a Christ follower, right. started writing music to uh, even. I'm, I would just say it. Barry McGuire did the same yes, thing. Yeah. So many. That wasn't. He wasn't the guy. I was thinking Keith it was. Green, well, Keith Michael Green, Card, Michael Card. Michael um, Card. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But and of course Phil Keggy. It, those guys just put in scripture to to music, and that helped me memorize scripture. Oh sure. Yep. Yeah. And all of your songs were the word of the Lord. I think probably. Yeah. I think probably eighty to ninety percent of my songs are 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 scripture. Now, now here's the thing. I'm not committed to that. That's just what happens. Mm-hmm. I get it. You know what I'm saying? Like it uh, comes naturally. Yeah. Out of that yeah, is the gift no, that God yeah, gave there you. Was, there was no sort of I'm now going to write scripture songs. I've never even made a commitment to write Christian songs. I just write songs. These are what come out, right? And it's usually scripture, when reading scripture, that my heart is stirred. I start hearing melody, and that's when I know to cancel appointments. A song is coming down the pike, <laughs> you know? And the other thing that's wonderful about music, too, especially with the word, um, is it allows the word to go where the writer doesn't necessarily intend. So you'll hear a song of mine, and you'll get ministered in a way that I never intended by that song. You'll right. hear things that weren't in my heart. Um, but that, that's that, the power of God behind that's the music. The power of God behind well, the music. you know that so often happens in a church service. Sure, the pastor it does. will be preaching, and maybe he's preaching on, um, you know, prayer, and what you heard was yeah. a message on forgiveness. Yep, yep. You know, but it was how yep. the Lord wanted you to be um, involved in that. So we are talking, Jim, today with Steve Bell, and he is our new favorite Canadian. <laughs> Uh, musician, how, right? So can, oh, oh fit, do we good. have another one? No. Uh, no. Yeah, He's yeah. our only and <laughs> top of the list. So for now. So. Top, check him out on, That's right. Check him out online, stevebell.com. Steve, before we run, I don't want to run out of time today on the show. You have been given an amazing ability to play in front of audiences of thousands and on public radio in Canada, eh? Mm-hmm. Talk about those miraculous occurrences where you are able to live out your faith in your work in front of non-Christ followers, pre-Christians all across Canada, eh? And it's amazing the opportunities God's given you. Well, you know what? Our, my ministry has been really humble. I, I normally play to hundreds, you know? I've just, I've just made a, a career or a ministry out of, you know, traveling the little towns around Canada mostly and playing in small churches. We got a call a couple of years ago, well, several years ago now, from the Winnipeg Symphony Orchestra asking if I'd do a concert with them. And I, th- I thought, well... I mean, I, they must remember me from the bar days, and they want me to do, like, Dan Fogelberg covers or something. Like, you know how the orchestras yes. do these pops concerts. Sure. And so I phoned back, and I said, you know, I'm really honored. I'd love to do it, and I know what you want from me, and I think I could do a good job, but it's really not my focus anymore. And I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll not, you know, because I really do my own stuff now. And they said, no, we, we want it to be your music. 
this is a fully secular organization. And I said, have you heard my music? <laughs> and they said, yes. And I said, I'm kind of Christian. Like, like it's, and it's pretty obvious. And I, I, I'm just, I, that's who I am. And that's what's going to come out. They said, no, we want you to do your thing. We ended up arranging um, a, a night worth of music with the symphony orchestra. Of how many pieces? Uh, 80-piece band, orchestra, full orchestra. Um, it was put on in the Winnipeg Concert Hall, which is our major concert hall. Nobody had ever paid more than $20 to see a Steve Bell show. So we didn't know if they were going to pay 60 80 mm-hmm. 90 You know, mm-hmm. like, like we just didn't even know. It's sold out. It was their first sold-out concert in seven years. Wow. The symphony. Um, and God showed up well before we did. It was all, it was all pixie dust. It was just it, it was God just God has pixie dust. Spiritual pixie dust. <laughs> <laughs> Spiritual it was, pixie dust. Right off the bat, you just uh, <gasps> when the when the orchestra started, like it, it was just um, it, it just the, the spirit of God just sort of came in and bathed us. I don't know how else to say it, mm. and I hardly remember the concert, but it was it was wonderful, and that has turned out to thirty concerts across Canada with orchestras across and, the country. And your orchestras are not full of Christ followers. Oh no, not at all. Yet you've got a prayer story, really quick. Tell us about the prayer story. Have people absolutely in- require you to pray before you start your 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 oh, oh, oh with my with my band oh in my own band um yeah. uh, often uh, they're not christian people um i don't I don't insist that that i play with only i, I want good players right mm-hmm. and the good players are the you ones want the I best yep absolutely i um but the only thing i say to my my guys is you don't have to agree with anything i say on stage i just need you to be respectful and and they are happy to do that and that we pray before we go on stage and so we got that's sort of the custom on on the opening night of the symphony concert i've got my band there People are running around. We got, you know, we got a minute left. Whatever, blah 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 blah. And everybody's stressed, and we've never done this before. And I'm, and I totally forgot about the prayer thing. And my non-Christian bass player comes up to me and says, "Aren't we going to pray?" And I said, "You know what? We're just on, and not tonight. We're just." He says, "No, we're going to pray." And he, <laughs> and he comes <laughs> and makes the band gather and makes us pray. Excellent. And yeah, and it has just become so part of it. Like he just sort of got it that 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 we are a part of something bigger than us. You know, and he wouldn't he wouldn't have put the J word on that, yeah. but he knew it was true. I have this visual of him going, "We are definitely <laughs> praying tonight with all those people out there." <laughs> it was a wonderful you, night. You get prayed on Canadian public broadcasting radio. Played. Played. Oh, okay. So this happened. Okay, really fast. Uh, we get a call from CBC Radio, our national broadcasting, and they say we want to broadcast, and they paid for a Christmas concert. Um, they 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 recorded it multi-track um, full recording uh. in front of in again in the concert hall full of people and that has been broadcast dozens of times um, in nationally uh, in Canada that concert Steve Bell there's so many more stories and one day we'll catch up with you yep. in Canada check him out online hey. stevebell.com mm-hmm. I, I missed an opportunity there thanks so much for being on I work Ram Steve thank you very much it was an honor. thanks for just sharing your life with us this mm-hmm. week it's been great stevebell.com you're listening to I work Ram with your host Jim and Martha Brangenberg we're Christ followers our workplace it's our mission field but ultimately I work for him. him.